Hey gang, welcome back to Normies Like Us and get ready to catch them all. We're talking Pokemon this week, movies, video games, and more. Catch them along with us with Normies Like Us. Hey there, gang. Happy to have you back. Like I said before, we're talking Pokemon. This is Colin here. Joe. And Mike. We got our special guest, X Kaida. Thanks for coming and talking Pokemon. Yo, it's your boy. We back. Normies like us. Esketti Spaghetti. Ooh, loving that. I like that. Happy to have you, man. I know you're a huge Pokemon fan. I know we are, too. Can I ask, uh, let me just hit general. Kaida, what's your history with the franchise Pokemon? Uh, I think I started playing it when I was seven. Blue version. It's my favorite color. Oh, you you're talking know. choices. I love that. Yes, sir. Uh, played blue version. Then the um, the TV show came out. And uh, after that, everybody was collecting Pokemon cards in the school, man. Became a cultural phenomenon. That's, That's why we're talking about it today, folks, when it went a little from niche to normie. Yeah, that's 100% true. I mean, you'd start out with this weird uh, Japanese RPG where you're collecting monsters, right? Is that going to work in America? And it just blows up, spins into a card game, a TV show, movies, game franchises that are still coming out, mobile games, etc. It's crazy. Oh, hell, it's got a hell of a future coming up, too. But uh, let me ask you, Mike, like uh, Kaida just said, red or blue? Yeah, you know, I had red version. Red! Okay, we're one-to-one. Let's jump over to Joe. Yeah. What's your history with the franchise? Oh, I was a red boy. Mm. Uh, wow! First got the game, you know, I was like fourth or third or fourth grade, right? Everyone started playing immediately. I remember going to pick it up at Toys R Us, and it was like the end-all, be-all toy that you wanted that year. No, that was the big moment for me, too. Uh, I'll definitely tell you about going to Toys R Us. Seeing those aisles, that glass case, literally split in half, red on one side, blue on the other, stacked up. I'm not even sure I knew what Pokemon was at that point, but it was just so much hype just as a kid seeing it and thinking, I don't know what that is, but God, I want it just from the color alone. I was a blue boy. So we have so, hey. so a perfect split here, guys, at the table. Gunter. balanced you know as all things Gunter. should be. Genius tactic splitting the game down the middle like that. But I'll tell you first, just a little history on it. The game was developed by Satoshi Tajiri. Uh, he was the creator of the franchise. He originally ran a magazine called Game Freak. You'll see that uh, production company at the end of all the Pokemon games, Game Freak. That was the original licensor of the Pokemon video games and developers before they made it over to the Pokemon company. But he saw the Game Boy be invented in 1989 that same year and just dreamt up the idea of his childhood passion of collecting bugs and insects carried over to a mobile game. He thought, you know... This is something you could carry in your pocket. Kids could uh, competitively play together. He saw the invention of the Game Link cable, combining Game Boys together, and thought, that's genius. How do I bring my passion for these little creatures to a video game? And then he thought Pocket Monsters, of course, as it originally started Pokemon, what that stands for. Yeah, no, that's uh, interesting, too, because he, you know, a lot of kids in Japan, they would go to the countryside during the summer and you'd catch bugs and stuff like that. And I guess it also he was kind of sad that a lot of things were, you know, getting paved over like, you know, his childhood stomping grounds were kind of disappearing. But he wanted to give kids that experience of going and collecting bugs. Kids love collecting stuff anyway, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so, he definitely had that nature versus uh, the environment versus construction aspect in the game, certainly. The animals are your friends. Pokemon are your buddies. We should be friends with nature. Like a huge, huge thing. Yeah, and it really captures the spirit of just like wandering around as a kid. 
Yeah, and just coming across stuff. Oh, I've never seen that before. Like, it's really exciting. And just a little trivia, originally the game leaned a bit more into the insect aspect. Evolution, a very famous part of the Pokemon universe, as your Pokemon grow, they evolve. Originally called Metamorphosis, of Uh, course, after insects, what they go through. Yeah, and speaking of Metamorphosis, the game series has also changed in many ways. I mean, we've gone from the original Game Boy to the Game Boy Color, even to 3DS, which is the first Pokemon game to feature, you know, full 3D polygonal art instead of top-down 2D. You know, and so we're seeing this thing completely evolve and constantly change to update to modern times. Um, So should we just, you know, kind of get in there and talk about the games? Because this is what spawned everything, right? Let's jump to the series, the core video game franchises. Talking the Pokemon video games, this is where it all started, guys. I'm going to go through a quick list of the core video games inside this franchise. This is the continuity. Uh, there's a ton of spin-offs in the Pokemon franchise, but these are the ones that contain the core continuity of the Pokemon franchise. We're talking red and green, as the original Japanese release was, not red and blue, as it is in America. Released February 27th, 1996. Blue then introduced October 10th, 1996. And then Red and Blue released September 28th, 1998 in North America. That's considered Generation 1, released on the Game Boy. Then we're talking Pokemon Yellow, Gold and Silver, Crystal, Ruby and Sapphire, Fire Red and Leaf Green, Emerald, Diamond and Pearl, Platinum, Heart and Gold, Soul and Silver, Black and White, Black 2, White 2, X and Y, Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire, Sun and Moon, Ultra Sun, and Ultra Moon. Wow. That is a lot of games. And what's interesting about that list is it went on and they were only planning on making um, Gold and Silver. That was going to be the end of the series. And that's all the way back to Generation 2, Mike. We ended up at Generation 7. And coming on 8, we'll see what E3 has to say about that. Yeah, it's coming out soon. So what's everybody's history? Did everybody here play every one of those games? I know I certainly did not. How about you, Kaida? Uh, yeah, yeah, I played all of them. Uh, I think I stopped at Gen 3 when I was a little younger, but got back into it when I was older. So, yeah, I played all of them. I have only played Gen 1, Gen 2, and then recently I got the X and Y on the 3DS. Um, and that's it. You know, I kind of stopped after Golden uh, Jumped Silver. to those later renditions, and like you were saying, the higher quality polygons. Wow. Yeah. How about you, Joe? Uh, I had Red originally, and then I played Yellow as well, which was basically the same exact game. A remake companion piece closer to the anime for the video games. Yeah, exactly. And you just had, like, Pikachu tail in behind you was, like, the only difference. Fun fact is, um, I think Clefairy was the original main character, um, and then they changed it to uh, Pikachu for the TV show or whatever. We'll get into that a little bit in the comics where they continue that continuity on where Pikachu is not the lead character. Clefairy is the starter for the lead character. Right. But regardless, speaking of starters, let's ask, what's your favorite? Go with Gen 1. Gen 1 starters, right? Let's go with the Gen 1 starters. I'll list them off here. Of course, we know them all. It's Charmander, it's Bulbasaur, and it's Squirtle. Guys, uh, we got a favorite out of theirs. Do you remember the ones you originally picked at that first red and blue game that you guys had? The, the first one I picked was Charmander. You know, I was playing red. You, you followed the color. Red. Yeah. Uh, I definitely played multiple games because I think that's the best thing about the series is like, you finish it, you would just start again. You know, it was one of those games where you would play nonstop. Very open to multiple run-throughs. Exactly. So I definitely did a Squirtle run-through as well. I think Bulbasaur was the one that like, I just kind of always gave the shaft to. I just never picked him. As a fellow red boy, uh, I went with Charmander on the initial playthrough, but 
as time went on, I'm, I'm one of the softies for Bulbasaur. I think he gets a lot of, uh, he doesn't get a lot of love, but he makes the first two gyms really easy because he's strong against rock and he's strong against water, but he makes the late game harder. Charmander makes the early game harder, but the late game easier. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Kaito, what, what was your favorite starter? Uh, well, I was a blue boy, so, you know, I had to go with my man Squirtle. You know, he, he just evolved into, like, Gun Turtle, so I really like that. You know what I'm saying? Gun Turtle. I fucks with it. So that's it. We truly are seeing a true commitment to the color aspect. I'll blow your guys' minds right now. As I said, I was blue before. I did start with Charmander. Wow. Oh, Look, he was there. the coolest Pokemon. You have to give it up. When we were kids, Charmander was the be-all and all. You guys still have your uh, original red and blues? Because I do. And the Link Cable. What's up? Wow. Damn. <laughs> and the Game Boys? Yep. Throwing down the wow. gauntlet, I do have my original red cartridge at home still. I'm happy to say I have my blue as well. I have the red and yellow somewhere in my parents' house. Buried at my parents' house uh, for sure. Wow, pretty impressive to see that, guys. Yeah. Again, that kind of shows how this became more normie opposed to niche. Nostalgia, certainly, as we're growing up. There was so much content for Pokemon that it really allowed you to grab onto it in a way that it was something your parents could even know that it was something you liked. Hell, we saw something like South Park parodying it with Chim Pokemon, one of the best cartoons I would say I ever saw. Uh, you know, I want to bring this up. Ex Kaita mentioned that link cable. That is genius. You know, I kind of made a joke that selling the same game twice is a little shady, but really it's smart because they've always been encouraging this communal aspect of play. You can compete against each other or you can cooperate together. And having that link cable is so like forward thinking. And now they have street pass and like the mobile hotspot and the way they use the internet play. It's always been about bringing players and fans together. Well, you got to give it up to Nintendo and the way that they really transformed it as taking the Game Boy as a console for a family to console per person. No, no, no. That's not for us now. That's yours. I need one, too, just so we can play together. Yeah, I think the Pokemon franchise really made the Game Boy, at least for me. And it was the first time where, like, not only did you have the Game Boy, but the Link Cable, you were interested in getting, like, peripherals for your mobile device. Another thing about the Game Boy being your Game Boy, it's like I had one and my brother had one. You know, we wouldn't want to share it. Same thing with Pokemon is you only have one save slot. You can't get one copy of that game. That's brutal. And there's plenty of people that bought both copies to play both. Any of you guys do that? Oh, absolutely. It was almost like a Harry Potter book release. I mean, I can remember counting down to the days and truly picking between siblings. You're going to get that version. I'm going to get this version. Right. See, I got both. I just get both because... You know, I got you know, I got cop all them motherfuckers. Yeah, and you're trading back and forth. Well, let me ask you this. Completionist, has anyone here ever caught all 151 of the original? Uh, Sun and Moon, I, I completed at 100%. Damn, you completed the Pokedex. How many is in Sun and Moon? Um, I forget, like maybe two, three hundred some, but they gave you a shiny charm after that. So ah, that's how I got mad shinies, you know what I'm saying? So you're really into like the deep aspects of this, Kaita, right? I mean, I know you're doing your EVIV training. There's a really thing. The normie stuff is Pikachu and the show and catching, you know, what is the hardcore? What's the niche stuff? Because I know you're into this as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really fucks with the meta. I mean, you know, I know big homie Colin over here. Normie's like us. I've been trying to challenge this fool for like Ooh, a year. He's calling me out, folks. You know, and he ain't, he ain't been ready. But, uh, you know, yeah, I fuck around with the, um, with the meta and... You know, it's pretty fun. EVs, IVs, all that shit. So that's essentially like the in-depth training your Pokemon, really tuning their stats so they perform the way you want them to in battle. Instead of just randomly going with what nature has dealt you when you catch a random Pokemon, you're actually 
tuning them, right? Where, yeah, I breed for, uh, you know, all that. Good yeah, stuff. advanced breeders even look at the temperament of the Pokemon. They know that that encourages specific stat growth, and they know that uh, certain Pokemon should be heavier into, say, special attack versus attack versus defense, all sorts of things like that. And as you mentioned before, shinies, uh, special types of Pokemon with maxed out stats. So, again, these are deeper levels to the games that you could be playing as well. Shinies, think- shinies don't necessarily have maxed out stats. They're just dope. It's just a rare palette swap. Yeah, I think what the Pokemon franchise definitely did beyond, you know, just for gaming in general, but for the Game Boy, was you went from having games like Tetris or Dr. Mario that were, like, really simple to a deep universe that's full of, like, expanded mythos. There's no community you can make with Tetris. I mean, you can't sit around and say, hey, did you bust those blocks? But when you uh, can really reach out to people and say, what did you catch? What are you catching? Where are you going? Instant conversation starters. And then you get the bragging rights, too, on the schoolyard. You bust out the link cable at recess. Let's battle, dog. You know, and you get whipped or you do the whipping, you know, and I think that's what's huge. And also, if you're a little too timid for that, you can then share. Oh, I'll give you a Poliwhirl. You give me an RK9 or whatever. Yeah, my favorite is uh, wrecking little kids. I love it. Yeah, well, uh, we went to a tournament, and there may have been a little kid who did some wrecking on that. Uh-oh, Mike and Kyder oh. taking down Youngster Joey's have, in real life. Have you guys ever actually gone to a Pokemon tournament? I have. We're talking 1999 at my local mall, won a hat, all black, said Pokemon on top. Nice. nice. Public library got destroyed. Ooh. Kaita? Uh, yeah, yeah, I went with uh, Mike to uh, <clears throat> a tournament. And then, uh, you know, I got smoked up by a little nine-year-old. I got revenge for him, though. I, I, I destroyed that nine-year-old, but I lost Thank to his you. older brother. Thank you. Oh, wow. And <laughs> yeah. again, look at that. We're seeing a lot of different age levels playing these games as well. Again, total normie uh, territory. Yo, I'm saying that nine-year-old won, though, because his bro helped him with that, man. He couldn't have known all that stuff. He man. told him what move to use? You should just slap the game out of his hand. What's cool about <laughs> the combat, too, um, you only get four moves per Pokemon. Which, in a way, that feels simple, but it actually just makes every decision you make is so important. Like, oh, what if they have a counter for this and I make a mistake or this move has a cooldown? Can I afford that? Yeah, who's faster than who, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that game was one of the first that really taught me, like, strategy in video games. It wasn't just button mashing. It wasn't just running through. Like, you really had to think about every move you made and how you know, your Pokemon would affect the one you were fighting or, like, trying to capture them and not kill them, but get them just weak enough that you could catch them would drive me nuts. To non-Pokemon fans, there is a stats uh, breakdown inside Pokemon that comes down to your type. All Pokemon are different types of elements, and then you see a level of effectiveness within those elements battling each other. Water beating fire, fire beating leaf, and so on. Uh, and it just brings out about a higher level of gameplay and certainly creativity for younger people. Yeah, it's really a, it's a good way to have this balancing system, too, because like if you have for, say, there was a generation where dragons were too powerful, you can introduce a new typing like steel or fairy that can then now balance the game again. Uh, so it has that rock, paper, scissors aspect, um, but they can always tweak it and fine tune it uh, in later editions to really balance that meta that's become huge now. I know Generation 3 introduced double battling, which seems to be the new standard. Um, yeah, and I always found that to be uh, to be pretty fun as well. As again, somebody who had a brother growing up, uh, we were able to team up and, and play using double battles against two other people. And I always thought that was very interesting combat. Yeah, I feel double battles like the superior format. It really changes the entire way like joe said that decision making that strategy it just you know 
becomes cubed in that scenario. Yeah, double battle. Uh, I think that's VGC format. The double. Battle. That's official VGC. Yeah, yeah, video game championship. So. Because you have one Pokemon who can then set up a protect wall to, you know, there's just, there's so much. It's there's so, deep. so much meta there. And again, when you're talking about choosing four attacks, you know, you got to be thinking about these high conceived plays. And it, it blew my mind as a kid. Yeah, there's like interesting stuff where like Shuckle has the highest potential attack because you can flip your attack and defense stat. Like who's using that move? But no. like the people deep in the meta know about that stuff. Or uh, I know Xkaito, you're a big trick room user, you know, what's that about? Uh, yeah, Trick Room. It's like all the Pokemans I like, they're real slow in Sun and Moon. So I figured I'd use a Trick Room, and Trick Room basically just uh, makes slow Pokemans go first. So that's what I do. Yeah, so they would have initiative on attack. So if you're playing against a speed based team and you use a Trick Room, all of a sudden your Pokemon are going first, and it like changes the whole dynamic of the battle. And I know I've done some high play leaning on the crutch of a Wobbuffet, a anime fan favorite Pokemon who uses the counter attacks. You're basically just a bowling pin hanging out there, taking blow after blow, but you can send it right back to them. Uh, again, it's encouraging high thought gameplay. But Mike, you brought up something interesting. Here's a little bit of a different game I want to talk about. But you said bragging rights. Let's talk about the ultimate bragging rights, Pokemon the card game. Now, guys. I know we all hit this. This was probably, in my opinion, the thing that elevated the franchise the most in the public's eye. We're talking, again, about 1999-ish, when all of a sudden, little foil cards were coming out, and it was the thing every kid wanted. I know at my school they were banned. Uh, I know at my school every kid wanted one. How about you guys? Well, it really followed up on the hype of, like, Beanie Babies, where... Everyone was obsessed with collecting something. Very true. Completionism. Yeah. And uh, the Pokemon cards arrived like right after the Beanie Baby fad. And it was like, oh, here's the next big thing you have to have. Uh, They never got banned at my school, but, you know, everyone definitely got yelled at. Uh, Pokemon was also banned in Saudi Arabia because it encouraged gambling for a portion of time. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I think like the Pokemon card game is our generation's baseball cards. We didn't really care about a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but if you had a shiny Charizard, I want to talk to you, my friend. You know, and All right. um, you said it. You said it, it, Mike. So let's talk ultimate bragging rights. Everybody here, did you have a foil shiny reflective Charizard? I did, but it was not first edition. That's oh, the key. I did, but it was the the dark Charizard, the Team Rocket Charizard. Oh wow, that was, that was an oh. expansion set. Yeah, yeah. No, man, I had the worst luck. <laughs> like, I wanted them so bad. And every time I'd end up with, like, you remember the elemental cards that you would lay oh, down sure, as, like, power sure, plays, sure, basically? Sure. I would always end up with those. Like, I barely had anything, like, cool. And you're dumping tons of money in booster packs, but getting oh, yeah, nothing. Oh, like, begging my parents. And, like, I finally got, like, a Pikachu. And, you know, you, you saw the cartoon. You were super excited about him as a character. And then you look at the card, and you're like, oh, this is, like, just some fat rat. Like, I don't care about this at all. <laughs> Yeah, his, uh, his his early design is not very appealing. No, now. not at all. Not, like, he's so flattering. much like cuter and like smaller and leaner in the, the anime. And then like you see the card and you're like, what the fuck is this, yeah, man? Too many of Brock's jelly donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, do you have your shiny Charizard? You know, um, I did. I did eventually get it. I'll confess this on air now. In a bum trade that I got from a kid who did get it, I never got it out of a pack. I I think I traded him some Star Wars cards and a uh, 
49ers starter jacket for the uh, card. So think about that, guys. I hey. mean, you're thinking real material get traded for a Pokemon card. Let me just say, those starter jackets are still dope now. <laughs> <laughs> and you gave one of those away for the Charizard. Oh, in a heartbeat. Are you kidding? I wanted it that bad. And I'm pretty sure I pressured the kid at his birthday party, so it gets worse. <laughs> just come on, man. <laughs> no, you, you, you guys got, the, got these cards right, but did you ever play a card game? Like, did you play it? Yeah, so here's the thing with me in Pokemon the card game. I played it, but like I grew up with my older cousins playing D&D and things like that. And so we were also playing Magic the Gathering before. Shout out you to could Wizards conceptualize of the it a little better than maybe other I kids could. I felt almost like it was a watered down, like it was too simple for me. Like, yeah. and not that I was big brain, but like I was playing Magic the Gathering where you have blue decks, white decks, red decks, all these, you know, resources. Like they had that in um, Pokemon as well. But I thought it was really fun that I could play a card game with my friends who were not Magic the Gathering nerds. Word. That's what was fun for me is it opened up the pool of kids I could play card games with. And shout out to Magic the Gathering. I fucks with that too. Hell yeah. Hey, hey big shout out to Wizards because uh, I think they did the first run of Pokemon cards. Oh, did I they? Do believe yeah, that's true. It was Wizards, yeah. Well, I'll give you my background. I was one of those assholes who did collect the cards, did not play the game, but when the Game Boy Color Pokemon trading card game came out, I did play that video game. So that was my experience with the card game. Which was literally just a video game version of playing It was a the port of the Same video thing. game, of, of the card game itself, exactly. Right. And Joan, you play a card game? I, I collected the cards and I would try to play the card game, but I feel like as a kid everyone played by their own rules oh, so like sure. you would try to Who play with knows. someone and they'd be like no it works like this and be like mm, pretty sure it doesn't i think that's how playing card games with children works though yeah. you know yeah you're, you're playing by a pretty loose set of rules yeah, it definitely point. resulted in like a lot of like fist fights with my friends yeah, we, we have house rules around here yeah <laughs> yeah um you know for me i always like to keep the cards too like my favorite pokemon is cubone bar none and i would always keep one in my wallet and you know cubone's my favorite i have the keychain from the burger king tie-in toys oh i remember those i still have the cubone keychain hanging on my 3ds at home do you guys have a favorite pokemon or favorite card xkita yeah uh it's, it's kind of hard to say because there's just so many pokemans out there if i had to just throw one out right now I would say like a shiny Mega Manectric or Ooh, or so a Caesar. You know what I'm saying? Caesar is cool. Caesar is dope. I, I really like my favorite generation is Gen 2 because it introduced so much. And the Dark and Steel types were dope. Like Murkrow and like Houndoom, Steelix. Houndoom was really cool. Yeah, we talked true. a little bit about types earlier. And as X-Kite had just mentioned, uh, in Generation 2, we got the introduction, of two, the introduction of two more, Steel and Darkness. And then it wasn't until Generation 6 where we saw Fairy introduced as well. So they are rounding out those types a little bit. But how about you, Joe? Favorite Pokemon? You know, that's tough. Like, like you said, there's so many. Um, I was really only invested heavily in like Gen 1. And then later played some other games as I was older. Uh, I don't know. I really liked uh, Growlithe, the fire dog who grew into um, Arcane or Arcanine. Arcanine, Arcanine. Adorable yeah, Pokemon. I loved very him. strong. He was originally to be. a legendary. Yeah, that's I, right. That's right, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the fire types. Uh, I also like the fighting types, like uh, Mankey. Go that's great, actually. Mankey's underrated, I think. Yeah. And uh, Primate. He was like a like Tasmanian devil, the Pokemon. That's one of the best characters in the I anime. I like the one that, uh, oh, like, in Gen 2, that spin on his head like Eddie Gordo. 
Oh, him, him on top. top. Yeah. Him on top. That's, that's yeah, the yeah, little yeah. homie right there. Colin, what about you? Favorite Pokemon? So, uh, I could even take it to type. Uh, my favorite type is ground type Pokemon. I think that's a, a very underutilized. You don't see a lot of gym leaders using that type in the games. And right. my favorite, I'll go with Excite as well, is in Gen 2. You know, we're, we're guys all of that age. We're the original 151 of Gen 1, probably, or what we're leaning more towards. Uh, and you'll see some purists out there who say they get a little too cutesy past Gen 2. So I'll say I, I love the Gen 2 Pokemon Fanfi, which is an adorable little elephant Pokemon shaped like a tire. <laughs> That's uh, great. You know, I just think he's sweet and adorable. And like I said, he's ground type and he evolves into a badass, bigger version of himself. And I just thought that was pretty badass when I was a kid. Yeah, that's cool. That's what's fun about Pokemon, too, is like, you know, you can just pick your favorite and have that with you the whole game, and it'll be viable, especially for PvE. Like, you can beat the game with whatever team you want, customize it, you know, whatever way, whatever moves you want them to have. Oh, and you can take that into the real world, certainly with merchandising. I mean, if you pick any one of these Pokemon, you can transform your room with posters, stuffed animals. I mean, every version of literally just that one type of Pokemon. So get out there and choose your favorites, folks, and let us know. Reach out to us at Normies Like Us. Let us know what your favorite Pokemon and what generation you like as well. Yeah, be sure to hit us up on social and share and we'd love to see who everyone uh, lines up with. Yeah, so from a mechanical standpoint, I mean, we have the trading card game mirroring elements of the main game, which is these elemental weaknesses and things like that, right? People take more damage from types that they're weak to. Um, And Generation 3 feels like we're finally added everything that we consider like the sauce like this is what pokemon is in the modern era because you get the double battles and um you know most of the typing that we're used to now so i don't know i really have enjoyed what xy has done and i really enjoy the um, social aspect of that the way they can use the wi-fi connectivity you can play versus trainers online it makes it easy to fight people and like kind of engage in that meta without you know the link cable is hard you'd have to take it to school so the way that they've opened it up to the internet is huge absolutely agree and i'm happy to hear that you're enjoying these later incarnations of these games too and that they're not letting you down mike Well, that's a little bit about where the franchise of the Pokemon games are right now. And obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about the future. But let's talk about, for the last portion of the video game segment, the biggest thing to happen to Pokemon in a long time. Let's talk a little bit about Pokemon Go. Now, that's the first mobile game released for Pokemon. It was released in 2017. We've seen a ton of updates since then. And of course, that was a huge cultural phenomenon to all of us. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I saw the streets get a little busier, right? Yeah, I mean, Pokemon Go, I remember Colin, we were living together at the time, downloaded it the day it came out. Uh, We could walk out of our apartment and hit three Pokestops within a mile. And I remember that first week (laughs) trying to play and it would crash because the servers were too busy. So many people playing the game. And as we would walk up to those Pokemon stops, we would talk to strangers just around us who would all have their phones out. We'd say, hey, are you guys playing Pokemon Go? Oh, my God, are you playing Pokemon Go? I mean, all of a sudden, Pokemon came back into people's lives who hadn't picked up the game in forever. I think that's true. And it's just funny that, you know, Pokemon Go was the thing that got Americans to go outside and exercise and also instead of looking down at your phone forever, you actually talk to strangers. Like, it did what nothing else has oh, God before God bless Niantic, the company that published them. Right? Good for them for it's getting us out there. Not exactly Game Freak, but it's like Obama, you know, Michelle Obama's like, 
go 60 kids get out and exercise and niantic's like pokemon outside <laughs> you know mission accomplished it's crazy yeah that's, that's all, all it takes up. me and yeah. kaito play pokemon go as well i was uh, i was team um mystic hey team mystic we blue baby how about you guys what team were you in pokemon go instinct Ooh, i believe i was team instinct as well that's the yellow one right that is team yellow. not a lot of instinct players actually that's good it's good to see that represented the Zapdos. Exactly. I love Zapdos. Big electric bird, man. Didn't get any cooler than that to me. Fun trivia. I just love their names. Articuno, Zapdos, Moltres, Spanish. One, two, three. The original legendary birds. Yeah, that's why uh, Arcanine got cut because they were like, we can't have two birds and a dog. <laughs> I guess that doesn't so make sense. So in Silver and Crystal, you know, then they made uh, Entei and Suicune and all the... Uh, the legendary dogs. Exactly. Uh, but back to it. We are talking a little bit about the different teams in Go. It's broken up by red, yellow, and blue. And the way the game works, it's a little different. As we said before, it's a mobile game. You walk around, you discover Pokemon in your area. Of course, it's got the mobile game trappings of you need to refuel. How many Pokeballs do you have? You're always worried about how many candies do you have to weaken the Pokemon to catch them as well. Uh, and basically, you're just walking around, catching them, combining them with other versions of each other to strengthen them, and then leaving them at gyms in your area to defend them off, get higher points for whichever team you signed up with. And it was capitalizing so much on the nostalgia, because they've added like Gen 2 and beyond now, but originally it was just, I think like the first hundred, not even all of Gen 1. Yeah, no, there's been a huge resurgence of the number of Pokemon, and it's really kept the game alive uh, in certain people's eyes. I know I've fallen off a little. Are, are either of you guys still playing the game at all? Nah. Yeah, see, uh, it was a really big phenomenon when it first started, but then as with all cell phone games, at least to me, you realize that they're pretty thin. You know, there's not a PvP element. You can't battle other trainers. You're essentially just walking and swiping. So once that novelty wears off, you're kind of done. But it, they were even still, even though this wasn't a Game Freaks, game they were still introducing elements of like regional locked pokemon like oh you want to catch them all you got to fly to japan because you know (laughs) which that's crazy and one also sort of why would they do that but it's it's an interesting element that they put in there like there's certain countries that have certain pokemon it's kind of cool pokemon as a company has always always been about uh competitions and contests for sure so i can definitely see why they encourage that element well i thought it was really cool that like the environment you were in affected the pokemon that you could find like when the game came out i was working down in culver city uh so i would catch a bunch of water types at work and then come back to the valley where it's really hot and there'd be a bunch of fire types. Ah, look at By that. the ocean, there's water type. Where it's warm, there's ground types. That's pretty funny. It was an incredibly inventive and creative game. Can I ask, was it your guys' first experience with augmented reality? It was certainly mine. I'd never played a video game that sort of captured the real world and played upon it. Well, see, I always rocked with Pokemon, so I had a DS already, and DS was my first experience with uh, AR. Oh, wow, really? I didn't know they had that yeah, element when you, the Yeah, when you uh, purchase a DS... Uh, it comes with those little card packs. Those are all AR shits. Oh, the oh. front-facing camera, right. Yeah. You put it on a table, it scans the card, and projects the AR through the 3DS. Yeah, It's almost like Hollow Chess. It is like Hollow Chess. That's pretty cool. I think that's really the future Pokemon, too. And um, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but there has been the announcement of you know, some E3 stuff. Uh, but with the AR for Pokemon Go, I always turned it off. It's going to drain my battery, and it doesn't make it any cooler to see him standing next to an empty you know modello can on the street <laughs> trying to line him up by a trash yeah can, like you know? okay you know here's some cigarette butts next to my you know vaporeon i'm good um so i just turned it off 
Yeah, I kind of love that that's how it looked. It was like these cute little creatures in like dirty L.A. Settings. Well, it's definitely made meme culture, right? We see a lot of postings now of people propping up a side duck in an awkward position with a funny little caption on it. Yeah, people took many, uh, many a selfie with their uh, Pokemon Go Pokemons. I just, real quick, while we're on the subject of Pokemon Go, one of my favorite things was all of the weird shit that happened to people while they were playing Ooh, the game. A lot of terrible That's stories. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so I have a list here. I just want to say a couple of them. Right? Yeah. Ooh, hit us. So in Wyoming, there was a 19-year-old who found a dead body. While oh he was Jesus. out searching, I think that's a that's the pitch for the the reboot of Stand by Me yeah. Yeah. or uh, Detective <laughs> Pikachu, right? That's oh, how they hey, should put that. I in. hope he got a ghastly. <laughs> that's funny. Um, you know, some guy wrapped his car around a tree. There were tons of accidents of people just slowing down enough that they weren't uh, considered driving while they passed Pokestops, so they could get extra Pokeballs. Because they did have that feature, right, where you couldn't drive too fast or it wouldn't let you activate the Pokestop. Yeah, you they had knew. to slow down and walk. They wanted you to be out of your car. Still couldn't stop idiots from being idiots. And <laughs> loss of life is tragic, people. But yeah, Pokemon Go, crazy stuff happening. Yeah, and like there were places like, you know, the 9-11 Memorial and the Holocaust Museum that ended up being Pokestops, where it was like, guys, please don't, please don't play your phone game here. Like, we'd appreciate it if you would just like be a little respectful. It's, yeah. So the newest video games that have just been announced at E3 are Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. And these are the first video games that are going to be involved on the Switch. And I just wanted to talk about it while we're talking about Pokemon Go because it is following in those footsteps. And we're seeing a lot of fan outrage about this, actually, as there's not too many clarified details about the games. But we do know it does have a tie-in to Pokemon Go and that same touch AR element of you actually physically throwing, flicking a Pokeball at your Pokemon, catching it, and uh, not weakening it to catch it as in the core game series. We've seen a lot of fans sort of rebel against this and the president of the Pokemon company actually come out and say, no, 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 this is not the mainline game series that's going to be coming out. There will be one in the Switch in 2019. Don't worry about it. This is just a new type of video game that we're trying and trying to reincorporate that Pokemon Go touch element. How do you guys feel about that? Does that piss you off as Pokemon fans? Does it excite you? Yeah, there was a rumor. And as we're recording this, E3 is currently going on in Los Angeles. And uh, the Nintendo press conference will not be until Tuesday. And we're recording this on a Sunday. So we may learn more about this. There is a rumor that you can't even turn the swipe feature off in Let's Go Eevee, which is very dumb devastating devastating a lot of fans and they should definitely obviously not carry that over into the mainline game and the other thing with this and this is my biggest problem with it is in order to play it um online you have to subscribe to nintendo's pay online service which they have never done on this scale like it's always been free to use your 3DS on Wi-Fi. Now you have to pay to play Pokemon online. I think that's going to hurt it. No, yeah, we're seeing a lot of sort of a Western influence with how video games are a little more pay-to-play and maybe Nintendo following that line. But what do you think about it, Joe? Oh, it seems like they're jumping in with the stuff we see Xbox do with Xbox Live and Ooh. PlayStation Network. Uh, you know, I think there will probably be some perks, but ultimately it's a cash grab. I mean, that's just a way to get extra money because people are going to play Pokemon online. The game is so much community-based. Yeah, Nintendo has always been about get the family on the couch, play together, everyone play together, we're a community, and if they put a paywall in front of that, that kind of goes against what they stand for. I mean, Xkaita, how do you feel about having to pay to play Pokemon online? Are you willing to do that? Nah, which is why 
I ain't copping it. Not let's go Eevee, let's go Pikachu, but I'm saying if you want to play the Generation 8 game on the Switch, that will be also pay to play online. Yeah, I think they're about to have a problem with that one. Yeah, I don't think they should do that. I think that's a big problem. That's a bad idea, but I like Pokemon so much that I would probably pay for that. So, Yeah, I mean, if you're a big fan, it's worth the investment. You know, like if you're a big movie fan, you're going to have your Netflix, right? I hate to say that it's a cash grab. It sort of kills it for me that they say that there will be a core game series coming out that uh, will have the elements that everyone wants. That, to me, seems like, well, why isn't this that game? But it also has some exciting things that I would like to talk about it. It's a Kanto remake, which millions of fans have been asking for. That's a remake of the first level of the original Red and Blue video games. Yeah, see, when I saw the trailer, I was super excited. I don't have a Switch yet. Kind of been waiting for a reason to get one. Playing that first generation of Pokemon games on a Switch was the reason that got me excited in the first place. Oh, definitely. And I think Pokemon would certainly be a huge motivator to a lot of people to get a Switch. And especially with some of the gameplay, this will be the first two-player Pokemon game. It features sit-down couch co-op. I mean, that's incredible. So they're kind of going a foot in each pond. Like, oh, we'll let you play with a friend, but you got to pay to play online. It, um, I don't want to jump ahead, but the peripheral is cool. So I want to get Excata. You, you don't think that this is a good pokemon game in your eyes or a full pokemon game well i mean i ain't gonna i guess i ain't gonna knock it but it's just not a game i would play i'm i'm a mainline pokemoner i don't like the spin-offs i I didn't really play like snap or stadium or nothing like that yeah let's talk about those at the end of the segment but let's keep on the e3 news yeah for sure um i like the peripheral colin can i bring that up right now oh absolutely and i gotta say i love that as well as pokemon fans don't you always want to have a Pokeball? And that's what we're talking. Tell me, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I think it looks fun. And the idea that I could play, it's, it's a, just a joystick. Why did no one think of that, right? Just it's put it so in there. It's so simple. And a uh, fun note, those, you know, Pokemon Ball is designed around the capsules that you get your toys from in vending machines. Vending machine culture is huge in Japan. That's why it's red top, white bottom. Oh, wow. Beautiful. I love that. It all ties in. But yeah, having an actual, who doesn't want a Pokeball, right? Give me that. I think that's actually one really good move that they've done. It's a positive in the game's uh, favor for sure. Um, again, my fear is is that so many people are going to be turned off by a price point on that. I'm certainly hoping it's not over $40. We've seen Nintendo really pump out a lot of money for peripherals, so we'll see on that one, guys. Yeah, I think you're probably going to be a little disappointed, Colin. I would expect at least a $60 price point. Ooh. That seems a little bit steep, but it does have the ability to you can put whatever Pokemon you want inside of it uh, and bring it with you, dream. and it'll like make its noises when you pet you know you know it's almost like playing on uh, amiibo culture which became such a big part of oh, nintendo's universe i mean i would put a cubone in that pokeball and walk around and pet him and stuff maybe for like a week but it's like a tomagotchi it's like it's like the reverse version of that i would just wear it as like ice or something you know <laughs> it's cool. very fashionable what yeah. i would be interested in is if they Im- implement this system into a, a generation 8 game does the Pokemon you're bringing with you get any benefit? Does it get like a special stat or does it get a special ability by being around you all the time? You know, like that would be an interesting way to train specific Pokemon for certain things. Like if you have to have it in the peripheral and bring it with you. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like having the Pokemon trust you to a certain extent or like getting experience, you know, maybe like Pokemon Go, you were rewarded for walking around. Like, do you get XP points per mile while you're wearing the device? Yeah, something like that. It would be interesting how they integrate it because that peripheral is the coolest thing about the announcement, in my opinion. 
Yeah, and hopefully it gets some fans excited. So let's break it down this way, guys. Let me ask you this. Reach out to us, normies. Uh, let us know what you think of this E3 news. We'll certainly give you a little update on it after we see this big press conference. Maybe get some answers uh, clarified out. But let's let's talk this, guys. Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Hit or shit? I want to ask you guys right now. Hit or shit on these games. It'll be a while before we find out, but uh, think about this. They are Pokemon video games. Usually not a big loss. Pokemon Go doubled the stock at Nintendo. I mean, they were doing that bad at that moment, and it got people so excited, so reinvigorated. Will this game be a hit? Kaida, hit or shit? Uh, I think for the public, just general casual fans and shit, it'll probably be a hit. For me, though, and you know, for fans like me, it's probably going to be a shit. You think people are going to buy it, but not like it? No, no. I think people, you know, the general people, they're going to buy it and like it. But fans like me, they ain't going to like it. Ooh, deeper fans. Maybe somebody who plays the meta is really going to be turned off doesn't by this. seem like that's yeah, a big I like element. the gadget, but, you know, yeah, I don't, li- I don't like spinoff stuff like that. Well, how about you, Joe? Hit or shit? Let's go, Eevee. Let's go, Pikachu. You know, I think I agree with what X Kyder was saying there. Like, I think success-wise, in terms of like sales, it'll be huge. Um, like I said, as someone who played Gen One, it's something that would be interesting to me, bringing me back to Nintendo as a company. Um, but I do think the the niche players who are more into like the combat elements aren't going to like it. Colin, what are your thoughts on this? I'll go ahead. I'll go the counterpoint. I'm going to say shit. I think it's going to bomb on sales, and I'll be honest about that. It's going to be the first Pokemon game on the Nintendo Switch, uh, and this might turn off the Pokemon company from other experiments on the Nintendo Switch. They really might go more streamlined to the core game series or maybe even start porting things back over to the Game Boy like they always continue to plan utilizing. Uh, And I think that's going to be because the early trailer didn't generate enough buzz. It made the fans of the game ask more questions than get excited. So if they don't start answering these questions a little deeper, it's only going to keep hurting them. But how about you, Mike? Hit or shit? Yeah, I think uh, I agree with most of what we're all saying here is it's not going to do well. I think um, it's not a killer app. It's not going to move Nintendo Switches. Like if you didn't buy a Switch for Zelda... You're not going to buy a Switch for Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu. Maybe if the next generation full mainline game is really spectacular, that's what will move consoles. This is just uh, feels like a beta test. And Nintendo's notorious for testing things out publicly. They've also said publicly like Star Fox is just so they can test ideas. Like this is just them seeing what can we do with Pokemon Go, make it a little bit bigger and, you know, make some money while we wait for the mainline game. I think the, the price point of the Switch is going to affect it, too. Like, if we see a drop in the cost of a Switch, you could see higher sales. But a little more experimentation from change, parents, sure. Yeah. Another thing with the Switch is it's hard because, you know, as adults, right, we can, like, buy a Switch, we can put it in our bag, take it to work, play, whatever. But if you're, like, a kid, your parents are going to want you taking that thing off the dock and taking it to school. Like, a 3DS, you can fold up, put it in your bag. Like, it's a lot easier. Like, I know that it's supposed to be mobile and home, but... It just doesn't but feel... But if you break that thing, if you lose it at all, yeah, that's going to be your head and your hair. I yeah, understand that shit's for sure. expensive. Parents you can't buy two of them. Like, you could Game Boys. Yeah. Um, so we'll see about Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu. We'll know more within the coming weeks about that. I do want to ask about the spinoff games. I know Kaita said he's not a big fan, but I think Pokemon Snap is fun. Pokemon Stadium is fun, you know? Any, any thoughts on some of these uh, spinoff games? I just like to fight people with my Pokemon, so you know, I, I don't really care about anything else. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Competitive. Joe? Or? Oh, they were both blockbuster staples. I mean, I never owned oh, either game. That. Rentals. But yeah, I would go to blockbuster, you know, once every two weeks and it would just be renting the same games over and over again. You know, it'd be like, oh, I'd love to just play through that snap game again. Something like Pokemon Snap or even Hey You Pikachu, an N64 exclusive game, put it into first person for me. It was a very close up look. I was at the same ground level as Pikachu. I was looking at legendary Pokemon Mew. And to me, that was awesome as a kid because I really felt like I was in the Pokemon world. So I loved those video games. And even some of those elements get brought into the mainline games. I mean, in X and Y, you know, you can you have your Pokemon have like a little area where they relax and you can feed them and pet them. And it's like a Tamagotchi sim for whatever Pokemon you want. So oh, absolutely dress them up and take pictures. Now, a lot of people clamor and keep saying remake Pokemon Snap, bring out a new version of that for the games, remake Coliseum. Well, we're kind of seeing all those elements in the mainline game series, like you're saying, Mike. That's 100% so true. do we need to see those be remade or are they just going to keep being implemented? I don't see why they wouldn't do a Snap remake with AR ported to phones. That's Ooh, it. That I love. Yeah, that's the way to do it. That's an interesting dream Pokemon game. You're talking Pokemon Mobile Snap, Joe. Let's pitch that. Let's get that out there. I mean, it just seems like something that's so simple. Like, you could have capitalized on the success of Pokemon Go so quickly. You added on to Go. So you have Pokemon Go plus Snap. Let's say the last thing for the Pokemon video games, the latest video game to come out. It's called Pokemon Quest. I actually have it here next to us on my Pokemon on my uh, Nintendo Switch where it was released early. It's going to be a mobile game. It's blocky. Its art style is similar to the Minecraft game series. It also features heavily sort of in that Fortnite area as well where there is a lot of crafting, base building, utilizing a team to uh, attack enemies around you. I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to play this at all. Uh, I've played it for a little bit now, a couple hours into it, and uh, I gotta say I do not like it. It contains a lot of those simplistic phone game procedures of not being able to move your team there's a lot of auto moving of just running around to whatever's closest to them click easy management uh not a lot of deep gameplay so really unimpressed with pokemon quest yeah i mean i have not played it yet Uh, i am really someone who's really resistant to cell phone games and those type of tropes and if this is something from nintendo and what we're seeing with the paid subscription like i don't want them to get influenced by the kind of western conventions for selling games um that really scares me so i hope that you know they've done so well surviving on their own like with their own way like oh we're not going to compete with good graphics we're going to release a 480 console in the hd era when they came out with the wii you know they've always been unconventional so i hope they're not leaning too much into this um modern western style like exploitative game sales that's all well, it's an interesting take on the Pokemon video game series and sort of what's it doing, where is it going. You do see Nintendo using a lot of these mobile aspects, and now they are incorporating the Pokemon brand into it. But then with Pokemon Let's Go and Pokemon, or uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu, that could potentially, I guess in a consumer eyes, be a AAA game. I mean, that's something developed for the Switch where if you're an owner, like say if you were for the PlayStation hoping for God of War, you're saying, I want this to be the best thing it can possibly be. And if that's half-crapped too, what's the Pokemon series doing? What are you doing as a fan of the video game franchise? You've only got these mobile games, you've got half-baked AAA games. Where's the middle ground? That title is such a fucking mouthful too. Like... Pokemon, let's go Pikachu. Let, yeah. Let's go Eevee. Like you I couldn't come up with anything. You got better. let's go. 
the thing, it seems like there's two camps of Pokemon fans. There's fans that like to play the games, collect the Pokemon, and chill. And then there's the fans that want to collect Pokemon and then battle them competitively, right? And that's like more where X-Kite is. So if Eevee and Pikachu are accomplishing neither of those successfully, then you're not getting the casual or the hardcore fan, and that's the problem. No, and that's, I think, where we're at. So we might see some suffering down the line for the Pokemon video game series. I hope not, guys. Let us know your thoughts, normies, for sure. That was Pokemon Video Games. Let's go ahead and jump to the movies and the TV series. I want to be the very best Like no one ever was To catch them is my real test To train them is my cause Hey, Bulbasaurs, we're back. We're talking Pokemon, the movies, and the anime. We gotta talk the cartoon series first. Uh, off mic, Joe just brought up a very interesting point. Is it an anime or is it a cartoon? It's anime. It's anime in your opinion. Anime. Oh yeah, we, we discovered it. it's anime. I'm cultured. Yeah, you're definitely cultured. Uh, Dragon Ball Z is also anime. It's not just for gym bros. And Pokemon is anime for everyone. I guess it was, and I guess it was definitely our first exposure to it. Certainly the first anime I ever saw. Uh, I can remember my first time waking up at like 6 a.m. My dad was working out, a bunch of uh, weights clanking around. It woke me up. I thought, I'll just go downstairs, watch TV. It's a Saturday anyways. Oh my God, what is this cartoon that I'm watching? I have to tell my brother about it. It was the pilot, I Choose You, Pikachu, the first episode of Pokemon ever, and it just got me hooked immediately. Wow, yeah, I, um, my first anime was not Pokemon. Um, it was Ghost in the Shell, which, that's a little more hardcore. <laughs> hey, can I ask, was that a blockbuster mature. rent? Uh, it, it was a sci-fi network anime week oh. airing, and then the... Uh, they had them anime boopers up in there still? Yeah. Well, uh, boopers. Yeah. Mike, you minute. were too young for the boopers. Yeah, I was too old for Pokemon. Anyway, um, in <laughs> Do my you mind. you your first time seeing the show? I uh, don't remember my first time seeing the show, but I remember, you know, engaging with it, you know, before school or like on a Saturday morning and like the pokey rap and the theme song would hook you. And uh, I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's a fun show. And we so all So you think you it. were in the game before the show for sure. I think the yeah. show definitely got me into the game a little more. Like I said before, I saw those games at Toys R Us, but again, I had no idea what it was. There was nothing I could anchor it to. I certainly didn't know what Ash Ketchum was. Oh, no, it was getting hooked on the show transferring to the game because you know back in the day like you wanted a video game and you're a kid like there there has to be a presentation right like there are reasons that you need this game like it's not just something on a whim i like the show i've been exposed to it for a while your friends have it everybody's yeah, talking about it excite what about you it's your first exposure to the cartoon the anime uh well um i don't know it was one morning i was just waking up for school saw it on um on tv early morning cartoons but i actually didn't like it you like didn't like, like hot it? take hot take but well i got into the game before i even knew there was a cartoon for it so you kind of saw it as a bastardization maybe a little ripoff maybe something kind of promoting it more than it needed to be perverting nah, the game. Nah, it, it was just like to me this is a hot take man i i don't like that theme song and uh wow oh, you're yeah, kidding i want to be oh, the very best yeah i don't like, like no one ever was oh, all right corny. Man, i that shit that is trash. in my sleep all right guys I'm, I'm sorry this episode's over <laughs> so mike just, just like, got up he just it was walked really out. nice meeting you <laughs> i broke my microphone i'm so mad i know i want to touch back on x kaida hating this theme song that is a sin against god 
that is a sin against fans of this series. You call yourself a true Pokemoner, but you don't like the song. That kills me, man. I mean, don't you like fun? That theme song is for normies. Ooh, Ooh. wow. Hey. Hey, like well, us? Like us. See, every time, you know, I go somewhere, I see people rocking Pokemon shit, you know, I, I'm like, oh, some Pokemon fans. You know, they singing a the song, and I'm just like, man, but, but y'all want to battle, though? And they don't want to battle. I'm like, see, look at these motherfuckers, man. I ain't so ready for this, man. That's what it means more to you. You know what I like more than the theme song for, from the anime, though? The intro music when you're first, like, hitting the road in the Game Boy game. Oh, yeah. Classic, it's like, I would love to sample that. I guess the way that x is qualifying a, uh, quote, true fan to his mind. Everybody's a true fan in their own way, obviously. Like it how you do. But it's about battling, right? And isn't that what the series is about? If you're scared to battle in real life, then you're not what the show is about. And Ash Ketchum in the show is essentially out there battling. He is terrible at it, but that's the core of it. So I kind of get it. You're a real Pokemon fan. Do you battle? No? Well, what's up? Well, he had that yeah, children's quest. Stop singing quest. the song, man. Like, try and battle me. Fight me, man. <laughs> you look me in the eye, right? Yeah, we have look, the battle. Yeah, man. I like shorts. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> but the anime was so different than the video game. You know, you had the classic quest of him leaving home going out on the journey picking his pokemon picking See ya, pikachu uh not a starter that you could start with until pokemon yellow like we talked about and just uh, a quick question to you guys do you like pikachu as a pokemon or as the head of the pokemon franchise i mean he's the mickey mouse of this thing let's be real hello man i think pikachu's great cute yeah, i mean fun i think Pikachu's really? a great mascot. seeing some unified like here i'm really surprised by that I don't, I don't dislike him. The one thing I do dislike, though, why, why was he never allowed to grow up? Oh, you know? we like, did see that Ash was sort of tilted with his Pikachu. He came up against Lieutenant Surge, the leader of the uh, third gym, the electric gym in the original Pokemon series. He fought in the Pokemon War, which I want to see that. <laughs> Give me the dark and gritty. You're right. Where's the <laughs> Lieutenant Surge prequel hey, we movie. want the prequel. Disney, if you are going to buy Pokemon, it's worth about $28 billion or something like that. Oh, God. Give Don't me put an idea in their head. The Pokemon Wars. <laughs> hey, that might happen. I never saw... freeze unless it's a nice type. But we saw Lieutenant Surge with a Raichu, the evolved form of a Pikachu. Uh, and we saw Ash struggling in the original series. Should I evolve my Pokemon? He literally talks to Brock and Misty, his two companions on the way. Should I do it? And he really grapples with this thing. I can see why you would have a problem with that, Joe. I always found that super bizarre, too. Yeah, Preserve you grow up, the man. innocence. No, that is not what it's about. Uh, I mean, talking more about that, we have multiple generations of the anime where Ash Ketchum stays the exact same age. He's a 13-year-old boy out on a quest, saving the world every season. We see Misty grow up. We see her change your clothes, change your hair, everything. Brock has a family. Ash stays the same. Yeah, there's that popular creepypasta about how Ash is actually in a coma. And like these are just like the adventures of people ladder. who visit yep. him. Yeah. Right. Um, so Ash never grows up and he never wants his Pokemon to grow up either. I don't know. How about uh, that? That's interesting. I do not like Pikachu, guys. I was sort of one of those I guys who... I don't want the person that I have to pick. And I know that wasn't the way in the video games. But when, you, when you're assigned that specific person uh, and it's like, this is the standard option. Or like in an old RPG where you'd get a team up and it would say, this is the leader of the game, Final Fantasy VII. It's Cloud. These are the other people you can play with. I'm more interested in the people you can choose, that party that you can make. I want to make my own Pokemon party. I don't even use the starters in the video games till the end. I mean, do you guys? When I first played through the game, you know, I played with the starter all the way to the end. But then later, it's like, nah, dude, ditch that. I want to build the team I want. Boy, it's about that gun turtle. I don't know what you mean, man. Oh, man, <laughs> so you really are embracing that. 
Oh, I would keep that, you know, the Charizard in my back pocket, and it's like, well, you fuck with me. I will kill you in one move. And Ash does get a Charizard, too, and he keeps that in his back pocket, but at first it doesn't listen to him. It's really rebellious. Yeah, the original asshole Pokemon. Yeah, I mean, isn't Ash, like, a terrible trainer, though? He's bad. I mean, like, no one, none of his Pokemon ever listen to him. He doesn't let them grow up. When he does, he gets his first level three, the Butterfree. He and never he becomes gives Pokemon it away. Yeah, he's like, see ya. I he never collects you. them all. He uh, truly doesn't accomplish any of the tasks that the theme song sets out to do. I want you to be the very best, <laughs> the best there well, ever was. Well, that's why the mango is better. But also, isn't there Pokemon Origins? Is that the one with red and blue? That's the remake, yes. And that's with red and blue a lot more faithful to the manga, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And then direct adaptation of that, uh, much more adult. And we saw a remake of those as well with sort of six-minute shorts. You can watch those on YouTube. I recommend them online. Very intense, well-animated Pokemon battles. Yeah, we'll share some links uh, on Twitter. We'll tweet out... uh some YouTube videos for you. Bro, you ever seen Mega Charizard fight a fucking Mewtwo? Hell yeah, Word. I have. And that looks badass as shit. And that's what I like about the later series as well when they bring up Mega Evolution, something introduced in X and Y. Uh, we see that adapted in the anime and it just becomes cooler and cooler. These Pokemon battles become better animated and better animated. And another cool thing though, like you, they um, introduce the Mega Evolutions and the show has always reinforced what the game is teaching you like they show you that there's the rock paper scissors aspect they show you weaknesses and strengths of pokemon versus the other they show you about evolution right they're they're showing you game mechanics and they're kind of reinforcing what you're doing when you're playing the game i think they're really successful with that in each iteration of the show yeah do you guys remember the classic episode of the anime where uh Ash and the gang come across a Pokemon Academy where kids are learning to battle on simulators that literally mirrors the red and blue games in the anime. And the kids are very pedantic about the rules saying, no, 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 this is how you battle, almost embracing that meta aspect. And Ash just says, what are you talking about? Collecting Pokemon is just fun. That's what I like to do with it. Uh, and you really Shut up, see, Ash. Yeah, no, but you really see the two fandoms sort of mentioned in the anime there. I always love that. That self-awareness is very cool, yeah. Um, one thing, too, is like, I got to bring up these jelly donuts while I can. <laughs> well, you're talking about an interesting character, Brock, of course, the original rock trainer. He's in the game. He's the first. He's in the Pewter City gym, right? You fight him first. But in the anime, he um, joins Ash on his journey, as does Misty in the second gym. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like he collects gym leaders until he to meets become his best Sarge. friends. Yeah, That's right. That boy used frying pan as a frying pan. <laughs> I just love it because it's like, oh, American children don't know what onigiri rice balls are. So I'm making jelly donuts from scratch. I'm, I'm as a, even as a kid, I'm like, how is he making donuts how is in the he woods? Jelly donuts. Why are they obsessed with ketchup? I'm fine with Mewtwo, the ultimate Pokemon, and a fire lizard, you know. But like, how is this guy making donuts in the woods? Yo, I ref I ref that jelly donut. In, yeah. uh, in one of my in one of my tracks. Oh, that's too funny. Check that's out yeah, Chris Jack. Donuts. Download the mixtape. Um, yeah, anyway, the Jelly Donuts, just one of those localization things. They also censored a couple other episodes. Brock like became very westernized. Definitely one of those characters. I have an interesting trivia fact for you guys. Brock, uh, one of the weirdest characters in the series, obviously a weird romantic nut uh, mm-hmm. was kind of his running gag, but most known for his, and I hope this isn't too inappropriate to say, slitted slant eyes uh i mean i guess that's the only way to say that uh is that he had weird squinting almost completely shut eyes little trivia for you only opened them fully showing his eyes 
three times in the anime. They've <laughs> done it three times? Three times over the course of, of many different years. So I find that weird because that almost embraces that Brock can't see or something. <laughs> I heard that they were worried about that, actually, the way that it would come off. And they, that's why they wrote him off of the show for a couple seasons. Like, oh, we might get backlash like this is a racist, a racial, you know, like stereotype or something. But fans, I have the kids don't think about that. We no, don't care. We just sure. know it's Brock. Brock is just chilling, making donuts, and trying to holler at ladies. <laughs> you know that boy, hi. He's just chilling. Yeah, he's sure. that boy, and that's the joke as adults for sure. Is yeah. that he's definitely the We're looser thinking... uh, Pokemon trader for sure. Oh, that guy yeah. who can't open his eyes and so did... jelly donuts. <laughs> yeah, high. a little bit of a shaggy complex, maybe. He's always yeah, exactly. And you know, he's just chilling. So they brought him back eventually, but yeah, he's a character that had kind of some ups and downs. Well, one of the original companions, of course, uh, and the other one we got to talk about, Misty. My bike. My bike, Misty, the original uh, inciting incident, bike destroyed. Uh, was it by Ash? Who knows? That's up to debate to them. But uh, tracked him down for the rest of the series, claiming that she wanted to be with him because of getting that bike back. Uh, but my question to you guys is, how fucking hot did you guys find Misty as a kid? Because that <laughs> really, and I hate to take it to a creepy way, was uh, sort of one of the reasons I was watching that show. As a kid, she was a kid. But this is probably... <laughs> Not well, my, thanks for clarifying that. Not Mike. my first anime, but definitely my first Sundere Ooh, is Misty. Like she's acting like she hates him, but she doesn't hate Ash. No, she loves him exactly. And I loved her. Yeah. Well, Mary Jane Watson. You know, she's a redhead. Obviously, I loved Misty. Oh yeah, you know. Oh, I like that element of it. Yeah. Um. I don't know. There was always. A lot of other anime babes for me, you know, back then. I like, you know, <laughs> I like, I liked Ryoko and shit, you know, like Washu, like the the Tenchi stuff, you know, like oh, that, that's Mugo. back when I was young. So like, sure, and that's I saw much Misty. more romance oriented. Yeah, right? I saw Misty and stuff, and it's just like I don't know. I already don't like this theme song. I mean, oh, Ash you're not down whack. for the adventure. You don't want her as a companion. No, she I, does complain a like, lot. I mean, it's kind of like the original Doctor Who, though, if you think about it. I mean, every time Ash goes to a new place, like to be honest, I never really fuck with the anime. Like back when I was little, like I I like the games and I like the cards. What about the movies, though? I did watch Pokemon the movie 2000. Hell yeah, Yeah. we're talking the original uh, Pokemon movie. Everybody was all simping over Ash. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's where you got the Mystic Mew card. If you went on opening weekend with a oh special shit, I'm wearing that shirt right now. Kaida's wearing that shirt right now, yeah. folks. The Mystic Ancient Mew card. Yeah, Very he's badass. got the tank top with that. Show my muscles, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So uh, you um, fighting type, right? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, Pokemon the movie 2000. Like you got Mewtwo powering up, Super Saiyan style. Loved it. Went to uh, the movie for sure. Went with my brother. Got dropped off by my mom. Remember it being a big badass event. Remember going to school the next day, talking to the other kids who went as well. Loved Mewtwo. Thought he was a badass character. And of course, we can't bring this up without talking about the presidential running campaign of Herman Cain, who famously referenced the Pokemon 2000 movie by reciting Mewtwo's speech about how we are all born uh, uh, as we are, but can lead to personal change in our lives. <laughs> a very strange moment in political history. Yeah, something like when the stakes are high enough, it doesn't matter, you know, what it takes. What, did he know he was taking that quote from Pokemon? He claims he did and says, of course, that uh, it was a very important movie in his life, but uh, I'm thinking he probably just got caught. I oh, think he got trolled by a page. I think someone wrote the speech for him, so. like, nerd. <laughs> you know, like... Definitely as normally as it gets, though. The oh, that shows you for sure. Into it. I mean, if I'm like a, an intern working for Herman Cain out of college trying to make a speech and it's like, 
I'll put this Pokemon quote in there. <laughs> you know who I love? Mewtwo. <laughs> yeah, like who cares? Pokemon you- 2000, the first movie I was ever kicked out of. <laughs> what? Oh, tell us yeah. that. Oh, just kids being kids, right? Like I was dicking around and like throwing shit up. Milk and, duds. Yeah, I got I got bored. I'll be honest. Like maybe it was just like, oh, I feel like I'm kind of growing out of Pokemon by the time the movie got there. Uh, but yeah, I got kicked out of the theater. My brother Ooh. was working at it. So it was like my brother literally came in and was like, you got to go, man. What the uh, hell are you doing? Oh, no. I was like, oh. I would have erased the save file on his Pokemon. <laughs> like, so you felt like you were getting a little too old for it. That's such a shame. Yeah, it was like, you know, right towards the end. And like when you're a kid and you start to grow out of something, it's like, that's for babies. You know, the older you, you get, turn on it a lot harder. Like, oh, I don't give a shit. No, see, like, okay, so I watched Pokemon 2000, the movie, and like I didn't really like the season one anime of you know ash adventures and it leans on that very heavily but i do like the x and y animation you know like like i said like the origins like that animation is really nice so i I do like some of the cartoons but i don't like the one that everybody fell in love with like i don't like that one we were all at that age it all hit us at the same time but you are not a fan of that more childish uh child focused kind of take yeah, I, I was just playing the video games and the card game, and you know the card game because Magic the Gathering and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I like that stuff too. So, you know, I, I never really got into that original cartoon. One of the things I loved about the series, though, is it really gave us a chance to expand on some of the mythos of Pokemon. Like Mike, your favorite's Cubone, right? Yeah, it's a pretty cool story behind Cubone. That's one of the best episodes. Yeah, you got Cubone who is trying to avenge his mother. Yeah, probably one of the that killed by Team Rocket in Pokemon too. And in some of the lore, is wearing the skull of his dead mother. It's Ooh. very dark. Well, that's the beautiful thing about the anime. Of course, it adapts per game. So truly, if you like one of the video games specifically, there is an anime for you. And we recommend normies that you go out there and you find the one that you like. But when we're talking dark moments in the Pokemon anime, like those Cubone stories, you got to bring up the original Pokemon movie. I mean, that ending where Mewtwo turns Ash to stone and Pikachu is crying. I mean, uh, that's one of the darkest moments in Pokemon lore. That is simps all over. No, what? Come on, Ash is our buddy. No, man, breaking a lot of little boy hearts. And uh, let me tell you, uh, you got to comment on the start two of the film. Uh, If you guys recall, there was a little prequel film attached to it that introduced the first Gen 2 Pokemon we ever saw, Meryl which was the little blue Pikachu Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. that was Pikachu's yeah. Vacation, right? That's it had right. Christina Pikachu's Aguilera vacation. doing the theme song. Right? <laughs> yeah, if you recall, it's pretty much just a music video of Pokemon running around doing mischief by the beach. It's very Japan, a summer vacation romp with your friends. Like That's an all anime. You have the summer vacation trip. Pokemon do it too, people. But to me, that was a lot of validation because there were so many rumors around Pokemon when we were kids. That was one of the coolest things about the video games. Oh, well, do you know how to get Mew? You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to push the truck before you get on the St. Anne. And oh, by the way, have you used this HM and have you done that? And one of the biggest rumors was... Use a water stone, evolve your Pikachu into what you call a blue Pikachu. I mean, do you guys remember things like that? Oh, yeah. So all of a sudden, you're a kid, you see a blue Pikachu in a Pokemon movie. I mean, it gave you hope. Yeah, some of these things might have some credence to them. Well, and you got to think, this is before the rise of the internet, man. Like, this no, is literally absolutely. just like playground bullshit. These are rumors other kids were saying to you, literally shot down older brothers saying, oh, you heard that? No, 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 this is how it's done. And that would turn out to be bullshit. But there were so many weird little things, like there were glitches in the game, like let's talk about Missing Go. I mean, that was a oh, weird little go, yeah. Pokemon that we could all just catch. That's something uh, that modern Pokemon players might not even know about. 
Yeah, it's like like a game breaking glitch. You could find missing no, and it would look like a kind matrix of a, code. Kind of a, yeah, kind of a, a bar of mashed up uh, odd little bits of code, and it was named missing no, and uh, it was. It was what people thought was Mew. I mean, it, it just gave more credence to odd, weird Pokemon rumors. It's true. It feels very meta almost if it was. Like, it crashes your game? Like, what? what is it? Like, is that the secret? It's like, no, it's just a bug, but okay. So there's I, always been sort of mysterious elements in Pokemon. I think that's why we see so many, like, creepypastas and shit like that come from Pokemon days. Because kids were obsessed with it. I mean, it's all you would think about. Inspired a lot of creativity. That's true. Is there any, like, specific, like, creepy stuff? Because, like, the anime did some of that with the Sabrina storyline of the Cubone thing. You know, like, when Ash gets its haunter, he never even catches the haunter. It just helps him. But there are some, like, creepy Pokemon backstories. That That was really scary as a kid. Yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of, like, some of these really dark uh, backstories of Pokemon. Like, the Drifloon is a balloon type that lets kids grab onto it and it floats them to the afterlife. Ooh, yeah, any of those like, ghost Pokemon, trust me, have some hell very scary backgrounds. Yeah. So there's a darkness in the light. Um, as far as the anime, though, I think there are series like the Pokemon Origins that treat it more like a competitive scene and Ash is kind of on his shonen adventure. If you're a much more mature fan now, we recommend you check those out. If you're uh, looking for the nostalgia, Netflix has the original series right now. So uh, check them out, guys. Let us know what you thought about the Pokemon series, the Pokemon anime. We're going to jump over to the comics and manga now when we come back, normies. Hey, normies, we're back. We're going to be talking Pokemon, specifically in your pockets, the ones in the comics and manga. So any any uh, experience here, guys? Did you ever uh, collect the comics or manga that came across to the States here? Well, uh, I, I started reading the um, comics, the Pokemon Adventures manga, uh, and that followed the game. So that I really liked it. I think that's another reason why I didn't really like the the ash cartoon no not an adaptation of that yeah because i really like the game and then pokemon adventures the mango it really uh it really followed that that's i really like that and uh going back to what mike said earlier about what y'all was talking about creepy oh i was talking about the creepy pasta and some of these spooky origins of some of these yeah yeah so if you're into that sort of thing like the whole horror thing like there's a there's a dude called Junji Ito. He does like mangoes like uh, Uzumaki or like Gyo. Like kind the, of horror, the shark right? ones. Yeah. Um, and like he collabs with Pokemon and does his own little thing. I'm not sure if it's like a whole manga that he does, but I, I've seen some, some art of Junji Ito and Pokemon. It's so, pretty cool. So he takes all the ghost types and stuff and kind of just makes it his own. damn that sounds real creepy so what you're saying is junji ito is kind of this horror based uh manga guy and he's done uzumaki and things like that yeah and he did essentially like a image or book crossover with pokemon franchise yeah yeah it's pretty dope you guys check it out we'll uh we'll look that up and we'll put put it in the show notes if you like the creepy pokemon we'll drop it in there for you it's really interesting that you see them influencing a lot of artists uh american cartoonist alex hirsch known for his disney cartoon gravity falls got a lot of retweets last year when he was uh drawing personally the presidential candidates as pokemon bernie sanders and uh, donald trump and all of them I recommend you guys check those out as well. Really funny stuff. I love that you brought up Pokemon 
Adventures. Now, that is the first uh, manga that came over here. It was released by Viz Kids. Uh, it was sort of rebooked, uh, re-editorialized, and repackaged over here to look more like a comic book to yeah. get westernized kids interested into the manga books. But uh, it was definitely kind of the first manga experience, like we said, for the anime experience for western kids over here. Uh, and it was originally called Pocket Monsters Special when it was released in Japan. And as you mentioned before, it is much more based on the video games. However, it does still feature Pikachu as the lead character's uh, companion Pokemon. However, he is not Ash Ketchum. He is Red, which was something frequently used in the video games across the seas. Red as the lead character. And then Gary, your rival, Blue, the nephew of Professor Oak. I think Yellow was the other trainer. Yellow was the uh, female trainer, and then Green was your extra uh, special rival who would eventually come in down the line in this Pokemon series as well of Pokemon Adventure comic books. There was one element in the game that you don't see in the anime at all. I'm curious if it was in the comics where you can give nicknames to your Pokemon. They always just kind of referred to them as like Pikachu or Charizard. I never gave my Pokemon nicknames because they didn't in the cartoon. Oh, that's interesting. As a game player now, I really lean more heavily towards nicknaming the Pokemon, sort of making them my own again, as I mentioned before, going against that standard setup. No, in the comic books, they really just generalized with the names. The only difference was that you saw the player names more closely associated to those video game aspects of red, green, things like that. But uh, if you do recall in the anime... Uh, Ash had a friendly rival of a guy who nicknamed his Pikachu. He had the exact same setup of Pokemon that Ash had, but he would nickname his Pikachu Sparky and things like that. So you saw that aspect coming through in the anime there. It just seems so fucking lame to me. Oh, that's interesting. I always liked that. How about you guys? I mean, it's funny because like, all right, I don't go around and I have dog and you have dog and we both say dog. That's a great point. Right. Like we're going to name it something. But like when I'm playing the games too, I don't really give names to a lot of my Pokemon. Like I don't, I'm not a nicknamer, but in real life, like uh, I wouldn't just say Cubone. Like I would come up with a name. I don't know. I think your Shuckle's name is Five Nuck Shuck. Oh shit. That's that's adorable. I did build a Shuckle that was trying to be John Cena. You know, I'll throw it back to that first uh, Pokemon competition at the mall that I went to when I was a child. Against those adults who were the quote-unquote gym leaders who you had to beat, I saw them nicknaming their Pokemon, and it really opened my eyes up thinking, oh yeah, this Mewtwo isn't just Mewtwo, it's Psychic Boy or something dumb, but Shout cool out to and Pimp special Knight. for me. Shout out. Pimp Is Knight. that a special guy for you? Oh yeah, Pimp Knight, dude. He got the pimp cart. See, you should check that out. Damn. See, we should... Uh educate us so we can put it in the show notes <laughs> that was very cryptic oh well you know pimp knight he's a pokey tuber right and um and one of my first videos i saw of him uh was uh him fighting with a magic carp he sweeps a team with a magic carp oh, and the magic carp out. is named pimp carp pimp carp basically oh. all of his pokemons are named pimps that's so, funny like, I, I like love it. that it's wow, on really shows off skill well, we're going to drop, I'm going to, I'm going to find that pimp cart sweep because I have seen that you've shown that to me. I'm going to put it in the show notes for everybody, but back to the mangas, right? I've never seen a magic carp sweep anybody in the manga. <laughs> Definitely so. not. Uh, so Pokemon adventure. And can I ask, did any of you guys ever read those growing up? I was not a manga reader. I'm not a comic book reader. I'm just, that's not my world. Absolutely not. I may be your comics expert, but uh, when it comes to manga, I am a complete novice. Manga. 
Yeah, that's your boy. Yeah, I, re- I read that. Yeah. See, Kaida knows, and I know as well. I had some neighbors who did pick up these uh, comic books originally. Again, I think it was something that their parents, they just knew that they liked Pokemon, and it was something you could pick up at the local drugstore. Do you remember getting really mad at your parents for calling Pokemon Pokemans? Pokemon. Yeah. I do that now. <laughs> I mean, Now it's funny. At now the time, it's... I was like, shut up, mom. Well, I'll throw it back. I know I brought it up before. But Yo, is that gen- a Pikachu? Is that, <laughs> is that right there a Pikachu? Not a Pokemon or something. <laughs> But that Chin Pokemon South Park episode before that I mentioned, I really think it got it right. It showed that killing interest when you were a child, when your parents sort of got involved with it, saying Chin Pokemon isn't this cool, and then when it died off for the kids, I felt that, man. I thought that was a great parody. Yeah, but now, you know, people our age are the parents sharing the Pokemon, passing it down. That's why people are going around playing Pokemon Go, exactly. Or like we had the generation gap at the tournament, older brothers, younger brothers, now you have parents and children doing these kind of things so with my neighbors i had a chance to pick up those comics i yeah. read a couple issues of the pokemon adventures loved them as a kid uh, as we mentioned before they were much more like the video games it wasn't that red had companions he wasn't fighting brock and they weren't becoming best friends afterwards no he was traveling around he was trying to beat the elite four he's he the, the exact goals of you exactly he was focused in the game he was about the battles uh, and I loved those. I would recommend people check those out. I would also recommend you check out all the other comic books that are exclusive to the video games and animes. Now the way they do them is they release it for every iteration. If you want Pokemon X and Y, there is Pokemon X and Y, the comic, the manga. Check that out. None of the continuity is the same from universe to universe. It only sticks to those specific games. It follows only that comic line. But uh, if you like those characters, like if you like Celeste as Ash's best companion, read X and Y. You know, go down that rabbit hole. You know, pick the comics that you like and let us know which ones you do like as well. I think there's definitely interesting stuff in the lore to explore. Like there's like this concept that language for the humans came from Pokemon. Like they learned language from Pokemon cries and like the way the universe was created from Arceus and stuff. There's a lot you could explore and that I don't actually know that much about, but storylines for days oh and it certainly carves it out and did they come from outer space you know how did they get prometheus. to Earth, the pokemon right yeah it's, it's almost prometheus. like they're little gods it's very interesting stuff yeah the mythos are so deep in pokemon which i never really think about but there is a deep deep mythos and if you're into the lore the lore of pokemon i think the manga is a good place to explore that because there is so much going on like even in x and y like they're trying to destroy the world to like recreate like I don't know. It's weird. And if you like fan favorite characters, they really build out members of Team Rocket, you know, the lovable uh, bad guys through the original anime. You can find comic books that specifically just follow their adventures that I recommend you check out as well. Does the Meowth talk in the, in the manga as well? He does. He does. That's Why? a good question. Well, is it's, there ever know, an it's answer? adorable. There I is. Can. It's a very sad answer. In the anime, they do answer. explain. Yeah, it's a very sad story. He learns because he wants to impress a female Meowth. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, I remember that episode. And then yeah. she's still not that impressed. Meowth. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, in, in the anime, you see, like, Team Rocket has Meowth, who would evolve into Persian. Yes, that's correct. It's like a badass-looking cat. Yeah. Pikachu would be Raichu, badass-looking... Uh, yeah, rat rat. <laughs> the thing with Meowth and Pikachu is they were supposed to be rivals because it's a cat and a mouse, and they were number 25 and 52 and respectively in the Pokédex. So oh, they were wow. flips even of their number. Uh, that's why they were rivals in the show and stuff. But 
Yeah, neither of them evolved, but Meowth can talk, so. Yeah, you see a lot of interesting details, like uh, Mike just mentioned, in the series. Uh, you know, there's a lot of claims now. A lot of people uh, think that uh, Satoshi Tajiri, the creator, might have Asperger's, actually, is an interesting theory, because of his intense focus on collection, specialization. You see that a lot in uh, people gifted in that area. So, like you said, there's a lot of interesting details like that with the numbering of the Pokemon, the sequencing. And then there's things like Ekans, which is just snake backwards. Is that clever? And Arbok is you Cobra. No, exactly. Also, yeah, like a uh, quick throw out to Satoshi is that's what Ash's name is in the originals. Satoshi is a nod to the creator as well. So. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, just being able to create that intense, like, rock, paper, scissors type of play, that's definitely next level. Pokemon is just best rock, paper, scissors. It's incredibly meticulous. You have to give it that. Certainly a world of details uh, compressed in such a small game from our childhood. And uh, we talked a lot about the dark aspects. Obviously, there's a lot of comedic aspects as well. I recommend a lot of comic books to you guys that are uh, parodies in comic parody comic books in Japan. Pokemon Pocket Monsters is almost like a mad magazine that they have over there that is a long-running parodying of uh, Pokemon comic books. There's also what you call Four Coma and Two Coma, which is the longest-running parody comic book. So Pokemon over there really lends to audiences to certainly have a laugh and uh, entertain them in more ways than one. Well, as far as, yeah, we got a, a huge depth. There's been so many games. There's been, you know... The cartoon series for every show and a manga series for every show, it seems like, and even beyond that. Yeah, so when we're talking niche to normie, I mean, I know a lot of this is sounding pretty niche, but boy, if you want to get into this world, it, it can be pretty normie. Find what you like, guys. Let us know. Let us know what comics you like. Let us know what games you like. Let us know what you're following out there when it comes to the Pokemon universe. Shall we wrap? Hit that exit? Yeah. Let's hit that execute. Guys, we're back. Uh, final thoughts talking on Pokemon. We're talking the future of the franchise. I'm definitely curious what you guys think. I'll go ahead and jump in here. I'm a little nervous. I hope Nintendo's going to keep treating it right. You know, it's the Pokemon company now. It's not Game Freak. It's a little interesting who owns the rights of Pokemon. What it comes down to is Nintendo does have the trademark. So they are the ones who are calling the shots here and have a lot of the power. Uh, I'd like to see them show some love to this franchise. Uh, I certainly know what I want in the game series. I want a mainline game on the Switch. I want great graphics like we've been getting on these Game Boy games. And uh, I hope that's going to come up in the future. And I'm excited to see what the future of the Pokemon franchise is. How about you guys? All right. Well, I think that um, Pokemon is a franchise that we've all grown up with. It became a huge phenomenon. Obviously, every type of media, comics, film, cartoons, games. Um Nintendo is notorious for being very protective of their property, so I think it is in good hands as long as they don't fall to some of these wayward practices um, that we might be seeing hints of, but I, I don't think they're that stupid. I think they know how to treat Pokemon. I'm just excited to see another mainline game on what would be considered a standard console. I just, I'm excited to see that. We'll see what E3 has to bring. I think um, it has a very deep competitive scene and also a lot for just the casual gamer. I think it's almost a perfect uh, perfect game. As someone who is a fan of Gen 1 and thinks about Pokemon mostly as a part of my childhood, things like Pokemon Go, um, the stuff that's coming out on the Switch has me really excited. It, you know, takes me back to being a kid and like these characters that I almost forgot about that I love. And, you know, we're seeing Gen 1 stuff becoming even more popular with the rise of like nostalgia culture 
There's the Detective Pikachu movie on the way with Ryan Reynolds. Obviously, there's a lot of OG Pokemon stuff we're going to see coming in the next couple of years. So I'm excited. I'm optimistic. I like Pokemon, right? If you like Pokemon, if you think you're good, come see me, man. Hey, what's come your uh, what's your what's your street pass, man? How can they get you on the 3DS? You want to fight them? Oh, uh, well, shit, y'all gotta find me. But yeah, if you see me on the street, no, I got that thing right up on me. All right, just come and see me, man. I'll battle you. Guys, that's gonna be wrapping it up for Pokemon here today. We've done a lot of talk about a lot of interesting topics inside the Pokemon universe. One of the last things I want to bring up is if you want uh, more of a resource out there to get into this universe, Bulbapedia is the name of the Pokemon Wikipedia. I highly recommend you check that out. Bulbapedia, of course, named after Pokemon number one, Bulbasaur. So getting a little love there <laughs> since he's kind of a little less liked as one of the early starter Pokemon in the series. Uh, and it's a great resource. I know whenever I play any of the video games, I keep that open next to me so that I can follow the growth of my Pokemon, figure out what moves they've got coming up that they might learn. And uh, it helps me out a little. So thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate you listening today. That's been it for me, Colin. Hey, this is Mike. I just want to mention um, before we get into final thoughts that also Smogon is a great resource for the competitive scene. Smogon University, they do really deep dives into the viability of each Pokemon in the meta. What's like A tier, S tier, you know, what's low tier, what's um, viable, what's non-viable. Um, so if you're really in a competitive scene, Smogon's another good resource for you. X, anything you want to plug? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just like the last time I was here, uh, you know, cop the mixtape, OVA. You can get that at Bandcamp, you know, follow us, The Guy Squad, on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you can follow me on Instagram at xkaita, X-K-A-I-T-A. And you guys are going to be performing at Anime Expo this year, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Almost forgot. Hey, that's a good look, Joe. Yeah, okay. So anybody that fucks with The Guy Squad, I... We're going to be at Anime Expo this year uh, in a few different places. So, you know, if you hear any good, you know, hip hop fucking music coming out of somewhere, that's going to be your boy X Kaita and your boy T-Time. So come, come hit us up. And guys, check out that mixtape OVA. If you liked what we were talking about today, definitely heavily influenced by anime topics. Not necessarily Pokemon, but check it out. We're sure you'll love it. Yeah, and we'll be sure to share out links on the Instagram and Twitter for normies like us. So you can find it right there. You can get all of our episodes on normieslikeus.com. You know, follow us on social media. We appreciate you listening to all of you who are already listening. Welcome back. That's Pokemon, man. I just, you know, I hope we can catch them all. I hope we catch all these fans. I'd like to be the very best, the best that ever potted. I mean, to cast pods is my real test. Y'all making me sick. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, Normies. Uh, tune in next week. We really appreciate you checking it out. That's right. And I've been Mike. This is Colin. Joe. X Kaita. All right, well. Peace. Peace. Hit that exit track. All right. Uh, the first anime I ever watched. Go ahead and call it that, right? Is it an anime? Pokemon? Yeah, is is Pokemon hell an anime? Yes. Yo, that that shit Japan as hell. I don't know what you mean. If if Dragon Ball is an anime, which it is, Pokemon is definitely an anime. Oh, then I am cultured AF. I am French. <laughs> <laughs> I have watched anime. Niche to Normie Pokemon the show is one of the most normie animes ever, ever, ever. It's probably more normie than Dragon Ball Z. Oh,
Dragon Ball is not that normy. Not a lot of people watch original Dragon Ball, but Dragon Ball Z is pretty fucking normy. Super normy. Kaito, you got an opinion on that? What about Dragon Ball? Dragon Ball is not normy, but Dragon Ball Z is. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think Dragon Ball Z, people liked it so much that they found out what Dragon Ball was. Toonami ran Dragon Ball Z, and then they started running Dragon Ball. Oh, did, see, I didn't even know that. I didn't know they ran Dragon Ball. I just, not a lot of people seem aware of how much, you know, Son Goku is looking for those panties, that's all. <laughs> They're kids. <laughs> right. It's, it's a for fun, kids. It's for, for kids. Japanese kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, we ran a minute on uh, Nondescript. Catch them, catch them, got them all. Got to catch them all. Okay, catch em, catch em.